I'm not sure how others think of the time between a shot and a recovery, but to me it's the most golden and cherished period of the hunt. It's the part that my mind races and fast forwards to in daydreams. I like to take my time and savor this part of the hunting experience. Others I know are totally opposite of me, putting little interest and understanding the details between the shot and the prize at the end of the trail. Just get to the animal as quickly and directly as possible. But to me, the tracking is the best part. It's the imagination's opportunity to soak in the minutiae, to tease into existence the inevitability of such a hard-earned and tangible success. Taking very slow and careful steps, I'd made it around 10 yards from where the bull was standing when my arrow connected with him. He was lunging straight uphill at this point, and I was parsing the ground in front of me when a few glints of crimson finally caught my eye. Several dime-sized drops of rich, heavy-looking blood draped over the rocky ground. First blood. Game on. The reality and gravity of the situation really sets in when you start seeing blood on the ground. Butterflies flopped in my gut, and my gaze turned up the canyon where I'd watched the bull disappear into the fins of steep, slanted terrain. Even though I'd witnessed the bull crest out of sight far ahead, I still studied each step of this trail from its origin. The blood was a bit late to start, and only gradually increasing in flow. I would describe the blood trail as decent at this point. It was not gushing, but it was steady enough to spot it several steps ahead as I made my way along the bull's trail. As I gained new vantages along his route, I scanned for signs of the bull on the ground ahead or below me. Nothing. As we worked our way in the upstream direction of the canyon, the tracks were maintaining elevation, side-hilling along the sagebrush slope. I kept hoping to see them turn down, but his resilience and the inadequacy of my hit was evident in the lines that he held. The bull was not acting like he was going to go down. At 400 yards or so into the tracking, I came upon a very large amount of blood on the ground. This was likely where he had stopped and stood for a while, allowing drops to accumulate into a swath of various shades and tones of red. My heart sank. Finding this much blood on the ground without a dead bull lying next to it was troubling, to say the least. Obviously, he was hit very hard, almost certainly a fatal injury. The pressure was on, and I was entirely responsible for this animal and the outcome of its meaningful existence on earth. In my experience, the problem with large pools of blood on the ground is that following those areas, the trail is almost always significantly reduced in blood drops to track. The same was bearing true in this case, for over the next hundred yards, the trail was becoming harder and harder to follow. While staring at the ground and pointing from drop to drop, the tracks led right past the decayed and chalky white mule deer shed. A little ways further, we came upon the skull of a bull elk, likely years ago taken by a hunter, as the top cap and antlers had been notched out with a saw. A dragonfly was perched on the flaky white bone, no doubt eagerly awaiting the warming of the morning sun to reach its ironic perch. Over the next several hundred yards, I came upon two more significant pools of blood on the ground, each time reducing the amount and frequency of drops that followed, the bull's path was still holding elevation, if not climbing gradually along the mildly terraced side hill. I continually looked downhill, hoping to see signs of freshly crushed brush 
twisted legs pointing skyward or portions of antlers snagged somewhere in the vegetation. As we worked our way up canyon, the creek bottom was getting closer and closer. Soon it was evident that the bull was aiming for a specific area of thick old growth timber that filled the bottom and extended slightly up both slopes of either side of the creek. He had been on a straight line to this point since parting company with his herd of cows, which by the way had scattered when I shot, but I never really determined which way they had ran given all my attention was fixed on this bull. As his trail approached the creek in a lush grassy opening, I could see this panel of black old growth timber was an ideal bedding area. My hopes were high that I'd come upon him soon. We were nearing a mile and an hour and 45 minutes since the shot. I've always believed common knowledge that a mortally hit animal will go downhill, and this bull had not dropped a foot. In fact, we were now far up the canyon from the hit, entering areas where now several inches of snow remained in the shade. A saving grace. For as we entered the dark timbered area, the bull's tracks were effortless to follow in the snow. It was terrific to get into the snow and have these aids to stay on his trail, although I was nearing the end of this juicy timber panel with no sign of the bull. It was looking like I was not going to find him here, at least not in this area where I'd placed my last load of realistic optimism. As his tracks neared the actual creek itself, evident he was heading across, the scenario took a turn for the worse. More elk tracks. He had rejoined with several other elk in this patchwork of snow and rocky, firm soil. Except now the tracks were leading straight up the opposite side and away from the likely bedding areas and trail-saving snow. My progress was slowing to a few yards a minute at this point. I was on my hands and knees often, comparing tracks, trying to stay on those of the bull. Only occasional and tiny specks of blood now confirmed the trail. At several times, I was at a total loss as to which track was his. I pulled the heavy straps from my shoulders and dropped my pack to the ground, slumping down against it with a long sigh. This was not looking good at all. I pulled out my phone and reluctantly opened on X. I was already over a mile into his trail. The bleeding had practically stopped. The bull had joined other elk, most likely his own herd of cows, and they were climbing up and out of this entire drainage. I had to get to where he beds. Knowing he was carrying my arrow deep in his chest, quite frankly, from what I could tell, my razor-sharp broadhead was very close to his heart. I imagined that the action of lying down would shift enormous amounts of weight, move organs internally, and have the potential to dramatically change the dynamics of his injury and overall circumstances of this recovery effort. It was around lunchtime now, and I was certain he was bedded down at this moment, wherever he was. I finished a bit of lunch, consisting of string cheese and a hummus and bacon bagel sandwich. A can of V8 and mixed nuts topped things off. I left all my crap where I'd sat to eat, and spent a long time scouring and circling the area above me, trying to determine which track was my bull. After enough time, you get amazingly good at recognizing which tracks belong to what elk. For the most part, the tracks were all going in the same direction, but there was a chance that these tracks simply overlapped each other and did not actually represent that these elk were all together at the same time. So it was critical for me to stay on my elk, to stay on blood. I spent a lot of time close to the ground, inspecting areas so small, spotting drops of blood only as wide as the pine needle they'd landed on. It was meticulous work, 
but I had to keep going. I had to find this bull. I had to make it to his bed. But it was plain by where the tracks were leading me. Any bedding areas were going to be a significant ways in a long time away. Hours later, the tracks were hooking into something of a bowl with timber on the far side of it. Quite honestly, I'd lost the trail at this point and was going purely off intuition and blind faith that the track that I was on was that of my bull. We were in thick brush now, and keeping the trail by spotting BB-sized drops of blood was simply unfeasible. Various elk tracks seemed to mill in every direction. I was going off dead reckoning now, looking around and trying to imagine what the bull was thinking and feeling. My heart had not given up hope, as it was clear he was not in all of this open sage that I'd just followed through to this point. He had to be somewhere in the timber ahead of me. He had to be wary. He had to be sick and needing to bed. During the course of tracking an animal, a bond is formed. A mindful person feels empathy for their quarry in all situations, and ones like this are the hardest, penetrating in a way that builds pressure beneath your eyes and a vacuum in your soul. As my shadow and I moved along the sagebrush slope, the grade steepened, and small patches of snow remained in sparsely shaded patterns on the ground. Suddenly, my eyes sprang ahead and my spirit came alive again. On a small patch of snow, a splattering of blood confirmed that I was once again, or still, on the bull's trail. I looked ahead and could see progressively more snow in the direction we were headed, and I began scanning the small spots of snow for blood. My pace quickened, as every 20 yards or so, I spotted blood, and it seemed as if it was flowing pretty good again. We were nearing timber now, and I could begin to see tracks in the snow to accompany the occasional blood. The steady slope turned into a wadded mess of microtopography, rolling and shifting in a maze of potholes, mounds, and tiny ridges. Evidence, I think, of where a glacier pushed reoccurring deposits of earth as it shifted in its prehistoric slide. No doubt I was back on the trail now, and as we entered this new phase of the saga, I again became enamored with the geology and natural storytelling of this incredible country. While passing through an opening in the trees, an area that the sun had melted dry, another bright kind of shine caught my eye. Not the glossy red my eyes had been accustomed to spotting, but obsidian dark with a shade of almost blue. I bent down knowing exactly what I was looking at, and with perhaps the first fingers in thousands of years, I lifted a near-perfect arrowhead from the soil. I admired the piece and the crafting of the finely serrated edgework, which as I inspected, showed what I thought to be signs of wear, where it had once been lodged against bone and flesh. Another bow hunter. Perhaps another blood trail from eons ago. What had this arrow been lodged in? Did it bring the result of security via harvest? How many times had it been used, and by how many individuals over the course of its practical lifespan? Was it lost in an animal, or errant in its path, and left to fall and never be found again, until now? I held it hard in my hand, knelt, and said something of a prayer. I don't really know what I said or who I said it to, but it felt like a connection to my childhood, my late father, and to hunting itself. It felt good, reassuring in this time that I was filled with so much doubt and even regret. It made me feel proud of what I'd accomplished that day, just to get to this point. I felt strong, competent, and capable, like I belonged in this place, even this situation, 
because I knew what I was doing. I had the skills and the means to find this bull. I'd had exhaustive recoveries like this before, and I knew that if anyone could find this bull, it was me. My confidence brimmed once again. I knew that I had to find his bed. He was following a well-worn game trail through this rolling yet very thick old growth forest. It was evident that we were heading into a zone that the elk absolutely loved. This was their bedroom. There were trails everywhere, and the ground was almost totally void of vegetation. A carpet made up of centuries of blackened fallen pine needles made it feel like a giant mattress. There were beds, rubs, and wallows. This bull was leading me into the juiciest of juice zones for the area. As I followed the trail, I was taking notes of just how incredible the area looked. It's one thing to be tracking a bull like this. It's another thing to be setting very first foot and laying first eyes on every inch of things along the way. This was my first hunt in this entire drainage, miles and miles long. I was exploring every step of the way and becoming inspired by the things this bull was showing me. It was like the first few days of a fiery new relationship. Every vista was inspiring. Every hammered game trail, every set of springs and strategic saddles gushed with potential. The place sparked like an amusement park for elk habitat and hunting. I felt incredibly privileged and rewarded to be tiptoeing through its secrets.